0: This is the Ancient Texan. Uh, for the next few weeks, maybe a few months, we're discussing a book, When Things Fall Apart, by Pima Kadron Heart advice for difficult times. I think if uh, you make some effort on this book, it can make a difference in your life. Anyway, I'm enjoying it and learning from it. This is the Ancient Texan. Yo, this is the Ancient Texan, middle of the month in June, 2020. Uh, sitting out on my front porch big white clouds uh, kind of I want to call them Columbus clouds that's what I called them as a kid um, thunderstorms maybe this afternoon and we're continuing the book uh, When Things Fall Apart by Pima Chodron. or s- something similar to that This chapter is chapter 9, Six Kinds of Loneliness. She uses loneliness kind of a, as a state of being, uh, being with yourself. <clears throat> not so much um, whether there are other people around or not, but whether you're allowing yourself to be with yourself and feel whatever you're feeling instead of covering it up or masking it. I found this chapter hard because she doesn't she kind of uh, uses this word loneliness in a in a way that I'm not used to and kind of leaves it up to you to figure out what she's talking about. But I also think it's, this chapter is hard but I also think it has some really good stuff in it. And I may break this up into two sessions we'll see because I try to keep them under a half hour and it's uh, easy to babble on for longer than that. Usually we regard loneliness as an enemy. Heartache is not something we choose to invite in. It's restless and pregnant and hot with the desire to escape and find something or someone to keep us company. Loneliness is restless and pregnant and hot with the, de- with the desire to escape and find something or someone to keep us company. Uh, this kinda happens with me most evenings. Um, right now I'm turning to Netflix and Marvelous Miss Maisel but I'm getting close to the end of that uh, three seasons. I turn to wine. Uh, not Not that much these days. And I turn to food. The mind with no reference point does not resolve itself, does not fixate or grasp. How could we possibly have no reference point? To have no reference point would be to change a deep-seated habitual response to the world, wanting, it to make, wanting to make it work out one way or another. If I can't go left or right, I will die. That being with yourself and without going somewhere, without having the to-do list in front of you or the next flit, next fit Netflix video to turn on we're a lone cold turkey with all the edginess that we've been trying to avoid by going left or right that edginess can feel pretty heavy being with yourself however years of going to the left or right going to yes or no going to right or wrong has never really changed anything scrambling for security has never brought anything but momentary joy it's like changing the position of your legs in meditation our legs hurt from sitting cross-legged so we move them and then we feel "Shoo! what a relief but two and a half minutes later we want to move them again. We keep moving around seeking pleasure, seeking comfort and the satisfaction that we get is very short-lived. It's kind of, you know, a description of life. We're always on this verge of being there, getting everything okay, you know, our next gig, our next job, our next romance. We don't hear much about how painful it is to go from being completely stuck to becoming unstuck. The process of becoming unstuck requires tremendous bravery because basically we are completely changing our way of perceiving reality like changing our DNA. We are undoing a pattern that is not just our pattern. It's the human pattern. We project onto the world a zillion possibilities of attaining resolution. We have whiter teeth, a weed-free lawn, a stripe free life, a world without embarrassment. We can live happily ever after. This pattern keeps us dissatisfied and causes us a lot of suffering. Resolution. Wow, what a big damn word. I just get this thing sorted out at work and get this thing resolved. Then I'll hit that patch of smooth sailing. We're it's not really what's happening at work. It's what's happening in ourselves about what's happening at work. And it's always happening inside ourselves. There is no happening except what happens inside your, between your two eyes. As human beings, not only do we seek resolution, but we also feel that we deserve resolution. That's the truth. Not only do we deserve resolution, we suffer from resolution. That's a little harder to swallow. We don't deserve resolution. We deserve something better than that. We deserve our birthright, which is the middle way, an open state of mind that can relax with paradox and and ambiguity. To the degree that we have been avoiding uncertainty, we're naturally going to have to withdraw. We're naturally going to have withdrawal symptoms, withdrawal from always thinking that there's a problem and someone, somewhere, needs to fix it. Wow, boy, look at the R News cycle. always thinking there is a problem and that someone somewhere needs to fix it. Wow, that doesn't describe the life in America. Maybe in Ireland, I don't know. Also, I had had some listeners from South Africa welcome. Jamaica, even. I'm guessing things are pretty much the same there too. The middle way is wide open but it's tough going because it goes against the grain of that ancient neurotic pattern that we all share. The middle way being neither left nor right, but just sitting right there with something. When we feel lonely, when we feel hopeless, what we want to do is move to the right or left. We don't want to sit and feel what we feel. We don't want to go through the detox. Yet the middle way encourages us to do just that. It encourages us to awaken the bravery that exists in everyone without exception, including you and me. Wow. Just sitting and watching something's not... uh, Being with something, being with myself is probably not my... I have to agree, this describes me. I do not like the just being. The experience of certain feelings can seem particularly pregnant with desire for resolution. Loneliness, boredom, anxiety. Unless we can relax... With these feelings, it's very hard to stay in the middle when we experience them loneliness, boredom, anxiety. It's okay, bungalow. We want victory or defeat, praise or blame. For example, if someone abandoned abandoned us, we don't we don't want to be with that raw discomfort instead we conjure up familiar identity of ourselves as a hapless victim or maybe we avoid the rawness by acting out and righteously telling the person how messed up he or she is we automatically want to cover over the pain in one way or another identifying with victory or victimhood uh, this is talking about how when we split up and we have all those really bad feelings and the tendency there is to blame the other person for why the relationship didn't work or and be the victim or we want to claim victory and blame them it it becomes a you, or me, has got to be responsible for this, not just the way it is. Usually we regard loneliness as an enemy. Heartache is not something we choose to invite in. It's restless and pregnant and hot with a desire to escape and find something or someone to keep us company. When we can rest in the middle we begin to have a non-threatening relationship with the loneliness. A relaxing and cooling loneliness that completely turns our usual fearful patterns upside down. Oh, and here she gets into next in a way of describing six ways of describing this kind of cool loneliness and she uses the term i'm convinced cool loneliness to be with this this idea of sitting with yourself and being okay with being with yourself and not killing the pain or finding, you know, something to occupy yourself with going left or right and she says this six ways of being having cool loneliness or dealing with loneliness our less desire contentment avoiding unnecessary activities complete discipline not wandering into the world of desire not seeking security from one's discursive thoughts and then she's going to go on and explain each of these um And she uses some vocabulary here off and on uh, that we kind of have to figure out on our own. Less desire is a willingness to be lonely without resolution when everything in us yearns for something to cheer us up and change our mood. Practicing this kind of loneliness is a way of sowing seeds so that fundamental restlessness decreases. Uh, less desire. In other words, we have to cultivate not turning to sex, wine, Netflix, whatever is our thing. And be with the feelings and decrease our restlessness by being with less desire. Not, In other words, don't seek desire is how I Read this. After we practice less desire wholeheartedly and consistently, something shifts. We feel less desire in the sense of being less solidly seduced by our very important storylines. Ah, this is so... So even if hot loneliness is there, and for 1.6 seconds... We sit with that restlessness when yesterday we couldn't sit for even one. That's the journey of the warrior. That's the path of bravery. The less we spin off and go crazy, the more we taste the satisfaction of cool loneliness. As the Zen master, Katagiri Rosi, often said, one can be lonely and not be tossed away by it. The second type of loneliness is contentment. When we have nothing, we have nothing to lose. We don't have anything to lose but being programmed in our guts to feel that we have a lot to lose. Our feelings that we have a lot to lose is rooted in fear of loneliness, of change, of anything that can't be resolved, of non-existence. The hope that we can avoid this feeling and the fear that we can't become our reference point. We get programmed by our gut to believe we have a lot to lose. Something happens. We believe it's the end of the world. Um, and fear drives this feeling that we have a lot to lose, that what we're dealing with can't be resolved, uh, and in the extreme, our, mere, our whole existence is at stake. And we fear we can't be our own reference point. Well, that we can't sit and enjoy life and just be with ourselves and be okay with it. Mm. We give up believing that being able to escape our loneliness is going to bring any lasting happiness or joy our sense of well-being or courage or strength. Usually we have to give up this belief about a billion times again and again, making friends with our own jumpiness and dread, doing the same old things a billion times with awareness. Then without our even noticing, something begins to shift. We can just be lonely with no alternatives, content to be right here with the mood and texture of what's happening. Well, I can't say that I have a long way to go to get my billion times of just sitting with loneliness. Um, That usually doesn't work very well for me. I'm sitting there on the couch, kind of wishing life was different, that something would be resolved, and then I start get up, kind of wander to the kitchen, looking through the refrigerator, looking in the pantry. Uh, Picking up my phone, flipping through it. And I think I'm pretty typical. And I actually think I may even be calmer than most people. A third kind of loneliness is avoiding unnecessary activities. When we look, when we're lonely in a hot way, we look for something to save us. We look for a way out. We get this queasy feeling that we call loneliness and our mind just go crazy trying to come up with companions to save us from despair. That's called unnecessary activity. It's a way of keeping ourselves busy so we don't have to feel any pain. It could take the form of of obsessively daydreaming of true romance or turning a tidbit of gossip gossip into the 6 o'clock news or even going off on ourselves into the wilderness. The point is that all these activities, we are seeking companionship in our usual habitual way, using our same old repetitive ways of distancing ourselves from the demon called loneliness? Could we just settle down and have some compassion and respect for ourselves? Could we stop trying to escape from being alone with ourselves? What about practicing not jumping and grabbing when we begin to panic? Relaxing with loneliness is a worthy occupation. As a Japanese poet Raiko said Raikan says, if you want to find the meaning, stop chasing after so many things. I think I'm gonna there's a lot in what we've just read. Um, I think I'm going to split this chapter right here. Um, for myself, it's easy while I'm sitting here right now in the middle of the afternoon, my dog in my lap, and talking on this podcast, and I've got activities and I'm doing stuff. When evening comes and all those activities haven't Resulted in resolution of my taxes getting paid and getting the next chapter written in my book, and you know, all the things that you know never get resolved in life. Uh, and I'm sitting there on the couch and I've kind of given up accomplishing and saving the world for the day. Then I f- is when I face my loneliness. Um and Right now it's easy to say that Well, tonight I'm just going to sit there And be with that loneliness And see what it actually feels like And what's actually there It's easy as hell to say it But tonight, when that happens If it's a typical night I'll last a couple of minutes Um may even try to take a nap or something, which is actually another way of just getting away from it, but I'll be up and walking through the kitchen or getting my Netflix going. I'm probably not going to last, and then I'll wake up the next morning amazed that, again, I weigh as much as I weighed the day before. Is I really don't change anything I go back to the same snacks um, the same you know half dozen pieces of cheese and a glass of wine and uh, you know whatever else I can find I think I'm going to try to ancient Texans probably going to try to sit there give myself a goal of kind of sitting there five minutes not doing anything maybe doing some meditation and just being with myself and see if I can pull that off tonight for five minutes and I'm guessing a lot of you have very similar behavior patterns uh, keep you occupied I'm not a therapist or anything I'm just a old engineer but um uh, trying to be a better person, and so that means first I got to, you know, get myself where I'm okay, and I'm, not that I'm not okay, I'm a pretty good guy, but I don't think I'm as good as I could be if I'd learned to just be comfortable with me all the time, and I certainly wouldn't weigh 220 pounds if I learn to be comfortable with me. I think that's just a barometer of my mental health. I think my high blood pressure is a barometer of my mental health. Uh, We might go after this book When the Body Says No, uh, uh, which is a a book by a, a physician which says most of what we struggle with in life on health issues arises first from not being mentally and emotionally as healthy as we could be. And they manifest themselves in our body. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan. Hoping uh, you make some progress in your life on whatever you want to do. Namaste.